bitches, and welcome to the sassy spiritual <laughs> bitches <laughs> podcast. Oh, that was, up? <laughs> that was a good one. I had some uh, Rocky Horror vibes there for a minute. It really did. It really did. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty happy with that one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. Me too. Very creative. We went there. Mm-hmm. We went there. Indeed. So how's, uh, how have you been? Good. Pretty good. Just got back from my little trip to the mount, excuse me, mountains. And that was awesome. But the full moon definitely fucked me up. And like, I was just sitting there thinking about like all the things I ever did wrong in my life. And I was like, fuck, what's going on? And then I was like, oh, it's a fucking, of course, the Virgo full moon. And that's just like what the Virgo is, the auditor, just going through all of the things and being like, this doesn't serve you. This doesn't serve you. But unfortunately, you have to bring it to the surface to let it go. So I had a nice cry in the hot tub in the morning. But other than that, I'm feeling, I feel that fiery, like I am an Aries. So Aries season has begun and I'm very happy about it. And I feel that, like, I feel that like rattling off the dust and being like, I am alive. So yeah. How about you? Um, you know, what's funny is I was, um, the few days leading up to the full moon. Oh my God. Keith and I were fighting like cats and fucking dogs (laughs) so bad. But we've like, we, we learned a lot about our communication styles and we like came to some conclusions that we thought we had before, but then we're like, oh no, oh, now I get it. You know, like these really big epiphany moments. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, full moon in Virgo. What's my Virgo placement? Venus relationships. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this totally makes sense. You know? Oh shit. You just made me realize everything that happened in Pisces season because my Venus is in Pisces. Boom. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm? Because last, like last season, it was really about like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like our relationship definitely just got deeper because we like, I finally like clued into some things like. Yeah. It was just like things that we thought we had, you know, figured out before. And then it's like, oh no, it goes way deeper than that. Who knew? But um, I mean, it's really, really good, you know? But it was a little less, what the fuck, for a while there. Yeah, that makes sense that you guys would be dealing with communication too, because I think Virgo is ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. definitely like epiphanies and then like total. So <laughs> if you've been following us for any length of time, we know my sacral chakra isn't really, you know, with it. well I mean you know oh yeah it's not really it's not really let's just say it's not the most forefront chakra that I use (laughs) right but that sucker's been waking up like a vengeance it's been feeling that fiery energy it was like the the you know, coming up to the um, equinox, I almost said the equator, what the fuck? but it was like <laughs> coming up to the equinox and it was like, oh yeah, bitch, let's do this. Fuck so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. I love it. I definitely went through the deepest death cycle that I have yet been a part of over the past, like, you know, winter months or whatever. 
so I definitely feel, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you which one of my chakras wasn't really working because like all of me was just on mute, like it was on snooze. Like we're just going to snooze everything. But I knew it was a part of the process. I had like, I don't want to say I regret it because I'm sure it was divine, but I went to this like death retreat and you, it was like right at the winter solstice. And it was like laying to rest all the versions of you that you didn't want to be anymore. And I was just like, oh yeah, this is just symbolic. I'm going to be fine. No, no, definitely died. Like definitely fucking died over winter months. So I've never been so happy to see the spring equinox, but I'm not mad about the death. It's just as a fire being, I don't really know what to do with stagnant energy and I have to learn. So thank God that's over. Let's see you again next winter. Like fuck off. (laughs) Totally. Oh my God. You don't hear that, do you? No. Okay, good. No, I can't hear anything. It's just my my neighbors are dancing. Having, I don't know a dance party or something. Well, I'm gonna send you a funny a funny thing on Instagram now that you brought it to my attention. But yeah, I'm feeling great. Feeling great. Good. Good. I'm glad. Yes. Yeah, it's about time. Like I haven't felt this like sacral energy in like such a long time oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, like I just kind of almost don't even know what to do with it. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, that's but exciting I'm, though, because you it's something you haven't felt in a long time. That is like a fucking breakthrough. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. And so I'm kind of like, well, what do I do? What do I do with this? And so I've been diving into my programs and stuff, and like, oh yeah, I can do this and that and this that and like just you know all excited about shit. But um. At the same time, there's this weird sort of energetic, like, you know, like the, in the old cartoons, like falling out of the sky would be like a bird cage and it would be like, cover you. Yeah. And then you can go anywhere, like a little jail. It's kind of been like that energetically on top of it's like, oh, look, my sacral chakra. Ha 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 ha. It's all awakened. I can do stuff. And then it's like, just kidding. (laughs) Oh, like, well uh what so I don't know there's that weird sort of tug of war happening I don't know if it's there's been a lot of um I don't know this has been coming up a lot in my readings specifically for others it's like you're going through this big transition period there's all this growth it's happening it's happening you're having breakthroughs but just wait there's nothing you can do with it yet I fucking feel that for myself like and I'm like oh you know like I just it's yeah it's like that little energetic bird cage it's like oh, just wait we know you're excited but just wait you know actually come to think of it I did a reading with uh Kirsten at Light Wolf Energies and it was basically that she was just like except for the imagery was me on like not the Titanic because that fucking boat sank but I'm on like this ocean voyage yeah I'm on this ocean voyage and like we're just I'm like ready to go on this fucking adventure but I like they're like it hasn't left the fucking port yet just look back at the life that you're never going to be a part of again and appreciate it instead of being like all gung-ho to get to sea they're like just take that moment while you're at the port everyone's dying and waving goodbye to actually wave goodbye and I'm like okay but patience as you all probably know by now is not my strongest virtue at all it has got to no. be the thing I am the worst at, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I've come, I've come leaps and bounds 
but it's still not that great. You know what I mean? Like how you said you're safer, Liz. It's like, it's not the greatest, but we're still evolving. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it, it'll, it's, it's, it's getting better. Yeah. Progress is you, progress. You we'll take it. Victories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. It's good. Life yeah. is good. It's not that bad. Yes. And every like time, a, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. So every time I get into one of my, so the thing that I fall the most culprit to with my ego is self-pity. And I don't want, I don't want attention. I don't want to tell people of my problems, but I just fucking feel sorry for myself. And I'm very quite aware of it. And I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, but if I ever in this death period felt sorry for myself, the universe would throw up a huge billboard about how my life wasn't that bad. Like I was feeling kind of crappy around the full moon. And then like, it's, I don't think this was a message. This is actually just tragic, but like my friend just had her sister-in-law be killed in a car accident. And she's like, she's my age and was about to get married. And I just like, I don't know why, but it hit me so hard. I guess I haven't had someone die in my vicinity for a long time, not in a tragic way anyway. And I was like, what the fuck? Like that is horrible. Felt so bad for her family. And then suddenly like all my problems just were like immediately not even a problem or real or anything. It's like, fuck. So that was just a really extreme example of how I've been learned to not give into that self-pity because perspective has been thrown to me like real quick. It's like a boomerang. I'm like, I want to feel sorry for myself. And they're like, Fuck no, and it hits me in the face, and yeah, oh, lessons are being learned, people. Well, you know that's what we're here for. Yes. Oh yes, fucking lessons. I know, and I said this. I bumped into um, a friend of mine, and I was just sitting there, and he was talking about his life or whatever, and I was just like, yeah, you know, it feels like a lot of people are really just going through it, and it's been hard. And he's like, well it's just an experience though, isn't it? And I was like, okay, fuck you. Just throws my advice to him back in my face. And I was yeah. like, fuck off. Put that mirror away, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eat that, bitch. Yeah. Really. I was like, okay, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> reflecting that back to me. Ugh. Thank you. Yeah, good times. <laughs> it's funny though. It is funny. And I feel like I'm at this place now where I can like openly laugh about my problems, but it wasn't the case a few months ago. Mm-hmm. ain't that the fucking truth mm-hmm. I don't know I didn't think I was in this space like I know a lot of my clients were and people I was reading for but like now that my you know sacral's like hi what's up where have you been you know um I realized fuck I was in another mini dark night of the soul there for a few months yep I believe it it's- and I totally didn't even fucking clue in I know I was gonna say isn't hindsight 2020 like I seriously sometimes like when I hit a depressed state I will for most of the time while depressed think that I'm doing fine until like you come back to life and you're like whoa what the fuck was that like I should have done more to better nurture myself at that point but it's like I don't realize it until we're past it and I'm like oh shit like yeah (sighs) I think because it wasn't as severe as the first time right. it was just it was more subtle so I'm like oh that's not what this is I'm not questioning my whole life or whatever bitch yeah you were just not to the same degree you <laughs> dumbass <laughs> you know? like it was oh, like so oh true. and do you find yeah. okay so 
it's just a question that I, I want everyone to ponder because it's actually like a research mission that I'm on. Like lately, like I'll start to find myself wanting to panic and I'll be like wanting to like go through this dark night of the soul and like rethink everything in my life. But it's like my ego is the only one playing that game and everybody else, every other faculty is just like, what are you doing? Like, no, but normally it's like everybody would get pulled into panic or the ego would really take over. But there's this like peace Mm-hmm. it never seems to get disrupted within me even when it's like really shitty things are happening and that's like a new level of awareness I haven't always had and I've been talking to a few people and they've been saying the same thing like I had a friend of mine from Italy just let me know like her family just had COVID and it was a mess and she's like and it was really bad but like I just felt really peaceful and serene the whole time and I was like fuck yeah like Mm-hmm. really that must be some like I feel that's something going on for a lot of people right now it's like we want to freak out but we can't yeah like I just I and yeah that's why I didn't notice because it's not to that like yeah. oh my just not feeling it to that degree right it's like and and even things you know I don't know I don't even know what an example would be but I'll hear about people and they're freaking out about stuff or, you know, something upsets them. And I'm like, yeah, but why though? Like, I just, I, I can't, I'm like, ah, oh, it's not worth the inner peace. Like, I just can't get there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I want to activate, but I can't. And I'm like, I want to get upset and riled up for you, but I'm just not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Totally. I've got your back and all, but like, what? <laughs> you know? I know I don't know how to describe that feeling but it's definitely happening in my world too and you're just like uh yeah it's a weird it's a weird place to be and as fucked up as this sounds um I kind of missed it I worked so hard to get over it and now that it's gone I'm like oh I kind of miss it sometimes (laughs) yeah I feel you you know um feel you oh that's funny you know, sometimes you just need a good rail or, you know, anger session. Now it's like, I don't know. And I've heard, I've been talking, like working with my guides on some of this, um, some of this stuff, like just talking about like being in the mud puddle and like working through Mm -hmm. that stuff. And I think I said this last time, but they were talking to me about how, like, when we really awaken and stand in our power, we actually become really non-attached like we really just are like we don't like yeah we don't have that big visceral reaction to anything and she's like some and like one of my my kind of sassier spirit guide was like some people start to mistake that for lacking passion and like feeling like something's wrong with them because they're so conditioned to feeling like that's the state they should be in this constant state of activation so she's like you're gonna have to get used to being like a lot more even all the time yeah. and I was like okay I was like I think I have a, I still have like a ways to go because like that lack of um fire that I felt in the death like the death portal or whatever like I definitely don't think that was a healthy level of lack of passion but yeah I'm like okay good duly noted because I can see that happening where you just can't give a shit you're like I care about you but not really about this particular instance <laughs> like yeah there's a weird detachment and I remember it was this I really started to notice it start to happen it would have been 
the winter solstice or solstice yeah mm -hmm. of 2020 mm. and I was it was like it was just the words I can describe it was, a, it was like pulling back it was like mm -hmm. I was floating away from earth and just there was just that detachment yep I actually remember us talking about it then and I like yeah. I yeah I remember kind of feeling that I was definitely less attached to people like I was like that was like one wave of detachment for me but like the real wave I think happened in this solstice for me so yeah how that makes how well yeah because you're like a year behind me yep yep when it comes to our karmic lessons, I'm, yeah. well, they run in nine year cycles. So it's hard to say like who, but I'm one year oh, behind yeah, yeah. in karmic lessons. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. I love that. But yeah, that's that word that you said, that detachment, perfect word to describe it. Yeah. And it's not that you don't want to not care. It's just, it's just not priority shifted, I guess. Would that be the right way to say it? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a nice calming place to be. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I agree. So after all that banter, what are we talking about today? What the fuck are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, external validation and oh, just external, external shit. Yeah. 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 And again, like I, we said it, I think we said it last episode, but like lots of the messages that have been coming through lately just feel like we're back to the basics, which I think sometimes can like be, it's frustrating to people like me when I'm like, I want hidden gems. I want up and coming, but like they just, there's the timelines to me when I'm looking at them are so unstable and so diverse among each person that they, it's like, you can't just pull stuff for the collective the way that I was. So it's been, yeah, back to basics. And the, what I've really been seeing is just, again, that stupid crossroads where everyone's on the precipice of living their best fucking life and cashing mm -hmm. out on their manifestations, but like having that fear of failure or that unpredictability of that new threshold and going back to want to grab onto things that feel safe and then just not like even getting, safe it's like familiar things that are familiar yeah, familiar is a way better term because this shit is not safe no um, familiar things and then I'm feeling people just like start to sort of shift or warp a little bit of who they are to fit in with what was familiar to them yeah. And it's just like, it comes up relentlessly in my channeled messages. It comes up relentlessly in my meditations. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. But clearly we need to consider like what's causing us to continue to cling on to familiarity. And it's because let's be real. We give a shit about what people think as we start charting and, you know, voyaging into this part of our lives that no one understands. And no you know, it all goes back to, yeah, that external validation, external pressure and how we give into it all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and yes, but we're also force fed it Fucking constantly. Right. Yeah. So it's like you fit in this box or you're not a good person. Totally. I feel totally. like there's been a lot of manipulation 
that way. Yeah. There's a lot of external manipulation everywhere right now. And there always has been, it's just, it's never been so at the forefront that more and more people are seeing it. Right. And it's kind of like, well, I can see it. I recognize it and I'd like to move past it, but all these people I know don't see it yet. And I don't want to leave these people. And so it's like, we, we shrink to try and get back in the box or do the things that like, yes, are familiar. And then the interesting thing about a dawn of a new age, okay, we have to also consider that this is the end of an old age and we literally are birthing a new age, like, and ages usually come in roughly every 2000 years. So we have been in this age in this era for 2000 fucking years. You know how deep the programming goes for 2000 years of like humanities. Humanity was very tribal hunter gatherer societies. Um, even when we hit like the industrial revolution, you know, we're creating things on a, a like a chain, like, you know, the supply chain and we need mm-hmm. the other person before to get to the next part. So we have been very communal and we've needed each other for survival. I'll grow the peaches, you grow the bananas and we're going to trade. Like we've needed each other in this block of time in order to survive and thrive. And that's, good that's great that's what that age in that era was about but the coming age will be about community but in a way different lens where like the individual expression of each one of our souls will be the forefront of our journey and we will just have like-minded people to share that experience with but we will be very 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 fucking individualized and that's Mm -hmm. something that our legacy has not allowed us to see for a really long time. The conditioning is so fucking deep, but people listening to this podcast, like, I'm sorry, but you're the, you're the first waivers. We are the first waivers. Yeah, it's true. Like, we kind of have to like embody that world. and like, yeah, yeah. And like pave that path for others. And it's scary to go first sometimes, but hella rewarding. Oh, totally. But it's also very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Can I just get this out right now? You guys, if you don't know, or you feel like, what the fuck is going on? Like very, you know, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Don't look at me. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Totally normal. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you can't be helping other people and that you have to turn them away until you feel like, you know, quote unquote, what you're doing. The truth is you're never going to know what you're doing. Especially not if you start listening to the externals out of, around you, because it's just going to be that much more confusing. Yeah. And like, do any of us really know what we're doing? Like I, oh. my only law or my only rule of thumb for how I've been navigating myself up until this point is like, is this bringing me joy? Am I excited about this? Then let's stick with it. And if I'm saying no, then it's time for a revolution in how I'm offering my businesses or who I'm spending my time with or whatever. So it's like, really, when you're the frontier, the only fucking compass that you will ever have is like your internal one. So that's fucking scary. But mm-hmm. also kind of exciting because all you have to do is listen to yourself. Totally. Totally. But how like how fucking cool is that though? Like it's so simple. 
Mm -hmm. Or well, mm, no, let me rephrase. It should be so simple. My guides always say it's simple, not easy. The ah, is simple, yes. but it's not easy to navigate all of the little factors that we're wired into. Yes. And I think like we also have to decon like we have to be really real with humanity's history. Like we are kind of a slave race to say the mm. least, like constantly being enslaved into some sort of systems. And like right now, a lot of us are deprogramming from those slave systems. And it's like, well, then what are we if we don't have to follow the moral compass of, you know, what society is saying, what our government is saying, what the healthcare system is saying, what education is saying. It's like, what the, like, it's really hard to go from like, looking outside of ourselves constantly for the map of how to live our lives and then suddenly avert your eyes inside and try to figure out what the map is or what the compass is within like it's it's yeah you gotta wait to be yeah, honest gotta, it's it's the trick is like separating what like the layers of shit that you have to dig through in order to get to your own map yes so it's kind of like, oh, God, damn it, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's so rewarding when you actually get there. And you know what? When you're looking at your map, a lot of it isn't going to be written yet. Yeah, exactly. So true. But how exciting is that, though, really? It's so cool. And then I'm going to say, I feel like what's happening is a lot of us have been sifting, like when you said that, sifting into your own map. It's like I got this deep sense of being tired. I feel like a lot of people have been like pulling things out of themselves, investigating further, researching deeper. And then it's like, it's like we're getting tired, but it's not because we're tired of exploring our inner world. It's still the outer world that's putting pressure on us and like, like thing after thing after pressure after pressure. And finally, some of us are just like, I'm so fucking tired. Like, Maybe mm -hmm. it was just easier to listen to what I was supposed to do or go, you know, just listen to my boss or get a real job or like a real job, you know? Yeah. And I just feel like this fatigue has come over a lot of us. And it's like, I think we were given some time to sit with that. But I think like with that solstice upon us, it's like, maybe there's not as much time left or not as, I don't want to say not time left, but maybe there's not as much grace from the cosmos to sit in that energy it's like kind of time to ramp up a bit i think yeah, yeah. That's fair. i'm not gonna lie i'm someone who i feel was with that too like i was just i'm just tired of trying to figure it out like not necessarily oh. just my own healing journey but like it's like something we constantly have to be focused on okay like what is where's my business going to go next you know how am i feeling satisfied with you know, how the flow of things is. And, and like, it's just this constant state of perpetual evolution. And like, sometimes it's tiring. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it is. It's fucking yeah. ridiculously tiring. And I think we talked about that in our spiritual entrepreneurship, mm. entrepreneurship 101, just that there's a certain level of just grind and fatigue that comes with it, that it's very easy to just want to say, you know what, I give up. You know what? It's easier. I'll just go back. You know, I'll just, I'll just get a real job or whatever it is. You and know, I or I'll go back to that relationship that wasn't fulfilling, but you know what? It was comfortable and I wasn't alone or, you know, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Yeah. And I think like, 
Yeah. And I think like at some point, once you get where you want to be, like there should, I don't think it should be exhausting or tiring forever. There should be a point where it's like very nourishing, but to figure out what that threshold is when you're also in the middle of your own awakening and unraveling, like it's difficult, I think at the start, but once you hit that threshold, I really believe things should like ebb and flow really nicely. Mm -hmm. There'll always be a state of perpetual evolution, but it should be like a fun evolution at that point. Yes. Well, yeah, there's still fun wrapped into it, but it's just like, you haven't, for me, it's like, we haven't completely de-shedded all of that slavery programming and service-based programming to totally just like stand in that like glory moment. So I think once we get there, it'll just be like, oh, you know, like it'll just be glowing. Everything. (laughs) Oh, totally. I want to say easy but simple. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. Yeah. Graham always says that to me. He's like, just keep it simple, stupid. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he says that to me. He's like, the kiss, use the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. And I'm like, okay. It's not how my mind works. Yeah, I know. Not my strongest suit. I'm always like, let's give you every shred of information I can possibly think of. And then people are like, what's going on? Yeah. (sighs) So when it comes to external validation or external pressures, what do you, what would you say? Like if you could pick one past, present or whatever, what's one of the things that gets you the worst? Is it like society, groups, family, individuals, expectations? Like, do you have anything that's just like right a knife to the heart? And you're like, oh, fuck. Not anymore, but it used to be the family expectations. That was the one that like ruled my life. It's like, oh my God, I can't disappoint anybody. This is expected of me. Do I want to do it? No, but I'm going to, you know? Because then it makes it, I always felt like I was a bad sister, mother, daughter, whatever, um, cousin, you name it, because, you know, I should want to do these things. I should want to, you know, or maybe I would think I was lazy or, you know, whatever story I decided that day, pluck it in. But it was always, it was, it was always the, the family obligations or the expectations rather that would always get to me. How about you? I would say like, I would say right now, like what's the worst is like, yeah, like the family expectations. We've come a long way. Mm, I guess, hold on, let me just rephrase, just back up. I am, I have not been good at letting down individuals, whoever they may be. Like, Mm one-on-one interactions with clients, my mom, my sister, Graham, um, like a friend, it doesn't really hone itself in into any particular place. It's just like, when I'm fucking staring you in the eyes, it's very difficult for me to like say something that's hurtful or yeah, like would give you an opportunity to be like, oh yeah, you're lazy or do you not like me or do you not care about me? Like it really is difficult for me to like let a one-on-one interaction go south and it's like I've come really far but I'm still aware that it's difficult for me in one-on-one scenarios which Mm -hmm. is why I prefer to do well not why it's not the only reason but why recordings work better for me I can be way more fucking honest I can keep time a lot better 
And then also why I feel like I'm really great in groups. Like when I'm facilitating a group or a part of a group, it's like, I really just, I just don't care to that level. And then same with society. I don't really care about society expectations. No. I would actually, you would agree, like you're the same. Like I fucking love to rebel, like love it. It's like, I don't do it just for the sake of rebelling, but if I can't understand the rules you're giving me, then I will not do them and I will not lose sleep about it for one fucking second. But it's that one-on-one interaction with people that I still find it sometimes difficult. Like, if you want to convince me to do something, come up and guilt trip me right to my face. Yeah. I will probably say yes and then phone you back later and be like, no. (laughs) It's not as bad as it was, though. We've come a long way. But it's that one-on-one shit. I'm really not good at holding boundaries there. Mm. Yeah. It depends who it is. Like I said, my family, I will cave well, I used to cave all the time. <laughs> but yeah, um, but I was, if it's something I didn't want to do or whatever, I was pretty good at, you know, backing down or I just wouldn't say anything and just be sit back in silent judgment of people, you know? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to want a shirt that said, I'm silently judging you, but you know, I don't do that anymore. There's no point to it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I could usually individuals was like, well, maybe sometimes if it was a close friend, but it was the family more so than anything else. And society, I mean, I think we knew I could give a shit less. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. I used to get shit from my parents all the time because I wouldn't brush my hair or do it or anything. And I would just say, oh, fuck it. And I'd go out. And it used to drive my dad nuts. Like he would be like, you're not going out like that, are you? Or you're not going out dressed like that, are you? Or you're not doing that, are you? I used to get that all the time. And like, that was the one thing I'm like, I don't care. I know my mom used to say that to us. Like my sister and I like, oh, you're gonna wear your hair like that. You're gonna wear that. Cause we were like, I would just be, I was like weird. I wore like, I was like an emo kid. Let's be real. I used to wear like all black everything. And I had crazy hair and a lip ring. Like, so she didn't really comment on that other than like, I wish you'd wear more color. But my sister used to go out in like just pajamas, you know, cause she had a really close group of friends and they'd been friends since kindergarten. So she'd go in her pajamas and like fucking greasy hair. And my mom would be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're wearing that. And Yeah. No, I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I had two hairdressers in the family. I used to drive them nuts. I'd go with my makeup done. I'd always make sure my makeup was done, but my hair, I'm like, fuck, I don't care. I wouldn't do anything with it. And then they, they'd always complain. Oh, it's such a waste. Your hair is so nice. And like, I wish I had hair like yours. What a waste. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Oh my God. So I was like, take it. <laughs> yeah. You can have it. I'll shave it off for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I wanted to shave my head when I was younger and my mom would not do it for me. She let me go super, super short. I might as well have gone, you know, bald, like I wanted to, but she just, it was, the, it just broke her heart. She just couldn't quite get there. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh uh, yeah. And you know, like speaking of like external triggers or whatever like I think it's good to take stock of like who does or what does have a grip on you so that you can like go into those interactions with like a 
like I know I'm in a weakened state and these people or these places or these things can put a lot of pressure on me yeah and it's like that's kind of like what I've I'm starting to work on is like Kate where do I know that I'm not at my strongest like where people could get me to back down on what I really want or what my soul's compass and and heart is really saying and it's like yeah those one-on-one interactions so it's like I know I'm not strong there so I really just like give myself a pep talk before I'm invested in it and I just I know my intentions or my grounds or my non-negotiables before I even go into those interactions so yeah I think that's maybe a tool that everyone should start practicing as you know they're they're finding that that fear or that discomfort with walking forward into into the path that's uncharted um because I just see a lot of people yeah like at a standstill or like starting to give up on themselves they're like oh I'll just get a job doing this and I'm like no like you've come so far like keep going but I always like to ask people at that point I'm like what are you so scared of like what fear is holding you back at this point like is it a fear of not fitting in is it a fear of the unknown is it as a fear of success is it a fear of like what is it because remembering that fear doesn't really exist whatever it is you're afraid of doesn't exist either Mm-hmm. or you just prep for the worst case scenario and then it's like okay well oh if I know the worst case scenario oh well I know I would do in that situation so I'm actually feel more prepared so even if that happened it wouldn't be as big of a deal do you know what I mean mm-hmm. exactly but it's the it's the finding out the core fear not just the oh well you know blah 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 and I'm scared of this I guess well why though and why are you scared? Where does that come from? And really digging deep and going, okay, but where does the fear exist? Where does that live? And what belief have you attached to that fear? Right. Right. And so, and it seems to be a fear of not being loved. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, this whole, like, if you go against the the familiar shall we say you know and it's honestly like something I've been pondering a lot lately because that's like one of my things too and it's like who the fuck taught us somewhere down the line that love was so goddamn conditional because fuck that isn't like it's just something that I sit there and I'm like like I can pinpoint and again it's like what's that what do you call it like when you look back I can't remember you um, and you look for the particular incidences that like your love love did feel conditional to you we like confirmation bias I think is what you said yeah and it's like you look back to those experiences but like I don't really I look like very like the entire journey of the soul so like you fucking straight up know that that actually originated in some sort of past life and it's just here to play itself out until you figure it out and it's yeah. like, like, who the fuck? And, and, and why the fuck did we decide to sign up for some of those stupid lessons? You know, I was talking to a friend and they're like, you literally came here to experience what it was like to be misunderstood or individual or out of love, because that's what the earth plane is where you come to play out all the fucking worst stories known to man. And I was like, I guess so. I definitely get bored easily. I would have been like, oh, I felt all the good things. Let's see what it's like to be unloved and misunderstood. And you're like, Oh. sometimes you're just like why god why did you just like yourself? well 
I, I understand what it's like now. Can we just erase this? Can we, can, I've experienced right. it. Check that off the list. Thanks. Uh, lesson done. Let's go home now. Like, yeah. So what I do you mean experiencing it isn't enough. You have to actually like learn from it. What the actual. No. And then I, because I look at people's past lives all the time too. I'm like, you don't want a get out of jail free card. You don't want to have that lesson of feeling misunderstood and then hindering yourself your whole life. And then that's that. You felt what it was like to be misunderstood. That's good enough. You fucking wish you're definitely going to review that life when you're higher, when you become your higher self again. And you're going to be like, nope, I let that hinder my true soul essence. Let's go back in and become misunderstood or unloved again. But this time we must prevail. So sometimes, and I've said this before in like some of the earlier podcasts, like sometimes I am scared and I am nervous and I don't know what the outcome is. But when I can take that bird's eye view of it, I really don't want to come back and have to do it all again and be twice as scared because my soul has now two or five memories instead of just four. Now I have five soul memories of being misunderstood and unloved. It like, you can see how people's karma really does compound. And some people have way more misunderstandings in their life and way less love because they've let it pile up to that degree. And then most people like they should create, they should plan for another life where they have only a little bit of judgment and a little bit of um, feeling unlovable, but people want to pay back their dues really quick. So like, just give me the big shebang. And then they fail. And it's just like, oh, it goes around and around and around and around. And you're just, it's by your design. So if you're someone at that precipice and you're starting to walk backwards, I mean, you can go ahead and give yourself a break for a little bit, but don't let that be the story because I fucking guarantee if that's where you leave it and that's where you stunt yourself, you will be back and you will be doing it again and again and again until you get there. Just get there. Just go. Like none of this really fucking matters anyway. Every time I like feel shitty about myself, it's like, you know, that one card and it's like, can't remember what deck it's in. It's like, zoom out. None of this really matters. Get some perspective. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I fucking get it. It doesn't matter. Just a stupid test we wrote for ourselves and I'm failing right now. (laughs) Like, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, What's the worst that can happen? And why do we care? You know, I know. And I was told that, that saying all the world's a stage, right? Like it's all, it's all just a big play. It's all, you know, it's just a movie. Yeah, it's so weird to go, think about it. You directed, you cast all the other yeah. roles, and you're the leading lady or leading guy. Like, so it's like whenever I meet someone who's like, like, because I do a lot of soul contracts, I have a lot of people that are like, why did that person hurt me? And why does this suck? I'm like, you cast them to play that. You asked role for, for it. You. That's why. But when the show is done and the curtains come up after the life is over, you guys will go to the after party together and laugh as if it wasn't even real anyway. So, like, just get over it. Easier said than done, I know, but. It's always like, oh yeah, fuck fuck that. Mm -hmm." And then you you have that situation come up and you're like, (laughs) why? That hurts so bad, why? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (sighs) But I'm learning the importance of like sitting in the feelings too. I think that's Mm -hmm. been something. Like I like naturally want to revert to that huge soul lens where it's like nothing does matter, but then I don't let myself feel 
the sadness, the betrayal, the unloved, and then eventually it just boils up to kick my ass anyway. So mm-hmm. not that you shouldn't feel those things or they're bad. It's like, let yourself feel them, honor that, but then like get back to the original design. Like, let's just get yeah. back with the program here. You know, like that's. You got to my... feel it to heal it. But I mean, yeah. you don't live there either. No, exactly. It's very easy to get derailed by that though. Oh God. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Yes. Oh yeah, good times. So how do we do it? How do we, in those moments of, I don't want to say weakness, because that's not it. Those moments of being human, maybe is the better term. What are some tips and tricks? What is like, what are you going to tell yourself to get yourself out of that? while it's happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely opt for like, like that perspective shift. Like if I'm sitting in my mud puddle for just a little bit too long, starting to flip into that beautiful self-pity that I'm so good at, then I'll just be like, Kay, like get over yourself, you know? And it's not like in a mean way, but like, Kay, like this is bigger than you are right now. Like, let's keep going. Like I do typically zoom out and it's deeply helpful to me. Um, Or sometimes I'll just, I'm trying to learn how to just sit with it and be like, you know what? Today doesn't require like immense action from you. So just take the day, do something that makes you happy or lights you up. And then tomorrow let's do something that's like a step in the right direction, a step forward, you know? And sometimes I'm learning, like, I want to take leaps and bounds forward. Like, I don't want to baby step this shit. I want to like giant leap forward. And it's like, sometimes I'm appreciating the baby steps. It's like, Kate, today, just take your day. But tomorrow it's like, what can, what's one thing you can do to advance yourself into that threshold? Like, that's kind of how my mind usually works. I don't know. What do you do? How do you cope with it? Oh, well, I'm a little bit different because you see, I am a squisher downer and um, I'll just distract myself and then it doesn't exist. You see? (laughs) So I'll just, so um, I have to turn off the distractions. Mm-hmm. you know and um <laughs> so that means no no scrolling instagram no netflix no youtube it's like okay shit what do i do <laughs> and i'll usually connect with spirit then and how do i do that i do it through my cards obviously right or i'll just chat and meditation but it's like okay now that i you know, got rid of my distractions. Let's figure it the fuck out, you know, but I have to anything like, I don't care. I'll have to leave the same room as my dogs because I'm like, Oh, you look so cute right now because I'm like, Oh, I have nothing else to focus on. So, Oh, look a dog, you know, I'll focus on that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, Nope, get out. Yeah. I feel that sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I will just work harder. And it's like, I'm not dealing with the root of the problem so like when I'm squishing things down it will just be like oh just keep working and it's so easy to give into external validation of being productive especially for me like if I'm being productive how could that be bad Um, oh right it can be fucking super toxic actually (laughs) like (laughs) this is a term workaholic for a reason yeah definitely so but whoops yeah, I'm bad. That's my thing is I have to turn off any distractions. 
and work is one, you know, anything. And I just got to like, not ignore shit. Yeah. But usually, usually, yeah, if I do it though, like if I, if I, if I just did it when I knew I should, instead of putting it off, procrastination is a big one for me too. Usually when I finally get to the point of doing it, I can usually sort through things actually pretty fucking quick, but it's to allow myself to do it. Right. But you know, the stories we tell ourselves, it's Mm -hmm. not that bad. You're overreacting. It's, oh, no, you know, and you kind of lie to yourself that little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my biggest lie I tell myself is like, if I just catch up on work, then I will have all this time to deal with my shit. And it's mm-hmm. like, you never catch up. There's always more. So what a fucking lie that is. Like, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to make a book. I want to make a book where it's just like excuses that we tell ourselves I feel like I would read that and it'd be like you know, be so hyper aware of the excuses excuses that you say to yourself if you stop and then you know and, and you'd see how how often you catch yourself telling yourself that not even in the same scenario where you're like trying to deal with something but just on the daily it's like holy fuck this is routine for me you know and catching yourself that way it's amazing what we have made routine for ourselves and not even realized it I know it's crazy. It makes you want to just slap the people who designed humanity because like we were designed originally at some point, like, I think we had this original really beautiful design. And then over time we've been tweaked and morphed and molded. And now one of our biggest programs is we're super fucking susceptible to suggestion. And it's like, they've almost like made us robotic. Like once we get ingrained something into a routine, it becomes our regular operating Mm -hmm. system. And it's like, and I think that's why being a human and when we incarnate into this human experience, it is so difficult because if you're coming here to create and live a soul led life, the actual struggle or the actual thing that you were testing yourself out as was to see if you could undo that programming and actually just fully embody it. But like, obviously all of us here are doing it and it's not easy to override programming mm-hmm. in this world and the way that we are designed. So if you're doing it, like you do deserve a pat on the back because fuck, you were not designed for that. <laughs> like, no, your soul was, but we have to think of human and soul as not the same thing at all. So <sighs> it's, it's not very easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And sometimes we make a lot of jokes about it, but like, it's a it's fucking the life goal here. Like, this is what you mm-hmm. came here to test out and you're fucking doing it. So good job, everyone. Yeah. The fact that you're here listening to this is like, give yourself a pat on the back because you found your way here for a reason. Mm-hmm. So well done you. Well done. And don't give up now. You're no. so close to letting go of the program. Uh, Push so through. through. Yeah. Take that moment, of course, at the crossroads. Take that moment, take that breath. Mm-hmm. You know, don't take the first step until you're ready, but take the step forward, not back. Yes. You know, we, I get it. It's easier. It's easier just to like 
slide back down that hill and into the mud puddle of the everyday shit and just, you know, exist there. However, the view isn't nearly as nice. No. And I did a reading for someone yesterday and the, one of the messages was like, they were really focused on wealth and providing for their family. And that was like, their goal was to create a comfortable life for everybody but they were working or doing things that like really disrupted their emotions, their mental, their sleep. And I was like, well, you have to redefine what comfortable is because it's like, it's like we get one, something in one department, but we fall way back in the other. Like, I think the goal is to like balance as many areas of our life into comfort as possible. And a lot of times that's the trade-off. We have a predictable paycheck or schedule, but we've lost comfort in fucking every other aspect of our lives. Yeah. And it's like, I think that assessment is really important right now too. It's like, well, why do I want to walk backwards? It's more comfortable, but like, is it really though? Is it really though? (laughs) You know, I do with my one-on-one clients, one of the first things I do with them is I go through two separate assessments. We go through like the life assessment and then the soul assessment. And it seems like it should be so simple, you know, like on a scale of one to 10, tell me how happy you are with X, Y, and Z, or where do you think you're at? Blah, blah, blah. And the more we talk about it, the deeper we get, what they initially would have said like, oh yeah, I'm like at a nine. You ask a couple questions like, oh shit, no man, I'm at a five. (laughs) yeah but it's that oh no 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 I'm happy I'm happy I gotta I gotta go a higher number and then literally you ask one or two questions and it's like ah shit no you know yeah and it's that finding out your real baseline not the baseline of what's projected onto what you should be at at this time how many times have you heard this oh um you hear younger people talk I'm gonna be married by the time I'm 25 three kids by the time I'm 30 I'm gonna have this at my job or I'm gonna be a partner by the time I'm 42 and then you know and they have their whole life going like tick 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 boom right all laid out for it and then when they don't reach those milestones then they're in a quandary mm-hmm. and I'm just now I'm kind of going okay why put that expectation on yourself yeah and why isn't I want to be happy like one of those things or I want to feel, feel happy more days than I feel sad because I actually do know people that have checked every single one of those fucking boxes for themselves but at the end of the day they're still like fuck I am empty as fuck because the priority was never I want to be happy or fulfilled yeah. it was like I want to tick the boxes of let's be real external validation because that's yeah. the markers that say yeah you're doing it in life and are you really doing it like it doesn't seem like there's a particularly large amount of people that have that have hit those milestones that's like yeah I'm killing it I'm so happy and genuinely believe that are they out there yes but probably it's definitely not the majority no no but I had everything on paper that you were supposed to have. Like my first house, I bought at 19, you know, like I had on paper, 
everything that you were supposed to have and I was miserable. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, you have a breakdown and then, you know, I left my good career, quote unquote, and completely changed. Fuck, I'm happier now than I've ever been. And on paper, I'm a fucking mess. Yeah, fuck is not the truth. You know, like your um, credit's bad and you're, you know, like you're, you're, you're mentally unstable, quote unquote, or, you know what I mean? Like all these things that I'm just like, oh man, no, this is the best. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. There's something really powerful of, about letting go of that. The, even just like the, the external validation vessel that you designed for yourself early on in life. And then you were like, wait, I don't think I want those things because I, I feel like I really never did anything. Like I never really ticked a lot of the boxes. I've always been like really hesitant to like do anything that was really long-term commitment of any kind. So like buy <laughs> the house, I'm sure. Um, I own a house, but only because my partner had one when I met him. Like it was, yeah. I've never signed any legal documents suggesting I'll commit to anything for any length of time. But like, Oh, like even just some of the things I I thought that I needed to do to be happy that weren't necessarily part of that projection or whatever, that expectation and whatever it was, it still wasn't quite right because you're still trying to, you're still trying to cram yourself in some fucking type of box, you know? And the sooner you just let it go and just feel and like discern for yourself what actually is going to make you happy in any moment, it's crazy. Like I feel a good example is like, I guess it's not really the same, but one of the things that I would deem as something that makes me really, really happy is like traveling. But I just left that nice umbrella statement. And then what ended up happening was, is I didn't consider other factors. Like who are you traveling with? Who have you left behind? What kind of responsibilities do you have? Because I've done a lot of traveling, but sometimes it wasn't always with the greatest, most uplifting group. And it really taints the experience or you know, where are you traveling to? Or yeah, like what kind of responsibilities? It's like, you gotta make the fine print sometimes because the ideals that we're told are gonna fill us up don't always. And I find some people, you know, are talking about hindsight being 2020. It's like, it's so hard to actually authentically evaluate your experiences until they're behind you, which is like the hardest part of evolving, you know, where you're like, oh, but at the time, like when you were in, you know, had the house, had this it's like you didn't really you probably didn't realize how unhappy you were until you were past it Mm -hmm. definitely like we can make so many fucking excuses about how things are good until they're like not good and you're you're past it yeah and there's no like doubting it you know it's not just oh i'm having a bad day no it's like oh oh i was having a bad 20 years you know It's kind of, it's a weird sensation and it's hard sometimes not to judge yourself for it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like to turn and go like, how did you not fucking know that? What's wrong with you? But then having that compassion to go, okay, so you, so you weren't aware of it. Big deal. You are now, what are you going to do with that information? Or even the judgment of saying like, I've met people recently and I'm guilty of this too. I'm fucking super guilty of this as of late. I should be happy with where I'm at right now, but I'm not. So even when I was in my job and had a salary and had everything all figured out, 
quote unquote, I was like, I should be like, like 18 year old Kayla, if she was told that this is where she would be when she's 26 or 27, she's going to be, she would have been so proud and happy, but I was sitting in those shoes and I was like, I am not happy, but I should be. And then judging myself Mm -hmm. for like, why can't you find happiness right now? And then like, even in my like little death portal here, I've been like, I've come so fucking far and I'm still having a really hard time tapping into like self-appreciation or gratitude like why am I still feeling like blah you know and then I'm just like judging myself for making those harsh like it must be you you must be broken you know that if you can't find it when you're already doing all the things that you've done so like fucking judgment man it is not going to help you (laughs) judgment and competition yeah or um comparison rather yeah because they tie in together. It's like that compare, like, oh, comparison is the devil. It's just the fucking devil. Because people only show you the best parts of what's going on. And then yeah. it's like, you're like, oh, well, I'm not happy every single day of my life, killing it every single day of my life. Or like, there must be something wrong with me. Like, oh, yeah. I'm slaying my goals. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Your face. Oh, and it's so subconscious off the start. Like when you start getting sucked into those spirals of, you know, external validation or comparison or judgment, like you just, it's like, it's such a slow awakening. You're just getting sucked in there so gently. And then all of a sudden you're like in it and you're like, fuck, you know, you're like, I really missed the mark here. How did I do this again? (laughs) Oh yeah. Good times. But you guys don't just, I think the whole point of this is shut out the external shit. Quiet that. And I think you'll be surprised at the realizations that can come through from that, mm, what's the word? Just the realizations that come from just muting everybody else out. Yeah. Social media, mainstream media, friends, family, yourself. And when I say yourself, I mean the judgment side, Mm -hmm. right? And just being. And then just evaluating from that space. Yeah. And I feel like it's a practice that you have to consciously like almost schedule. So Mm -hmm. like you can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that from now on. It's like, no, every... Like for me, the time I get anxiety in the morning, like when I wake up is when I'm going to about to freak out. And I heard some people said night and other people's all the time. Me, it's the morning. So in the morning, I have to consciously like schedule time to be like, no, like only the only person that has any say or ruling over today is like soul Kayla. So I literally usually will try to uninstall like all of my apps at night, like Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, sometimes I keep. And sometimes I'll leave it off for longer than just like the morning. I'll actually have like a tablet I'll use, but like, I don't, I try not to open or respond to or look at anything. I try to figure out what I want to do in the day and then I will proceed forward. And it's like, that is not something that I could just tell myself that I was going to do and stick with it because it's so hard that programming that we have to decondition from. So like, so for me, it's basically, I try my best, my best to like stick with that until like 11 a.m. Like just only soul Kayla is existing right now. But like you have to 
be dedicated. So I, ch we, I challenge you this, like schedule and carve out some time to tune out those distractions, things that will automatically like flip you into the comparison bug, the, you know, like where people can judge you, which is also social media, you know, just, just carve out time in your day to like, just be you and figure out like what the fuck you're even trying to do. Cause it gets really messy when life is busy. Yeah. I make it and make it a ritual. Like it's yeah. your little ritual for you. Um, like people will make time for rituals, right? Like um, lots of people be like, Oh, I got to do my moon ritual and blah, blah, blah. We'll make it a daily ritual. Mine is my morning coffee. I have my, like, I have my routine. I get up, feed the dogs, take them out, come in, have my cup of coffee, sit and pull my cards, you know, and it's nothing major. It's not like a big life shattering new thing here, mm -hmm. but it works. Yeah, exactly. All I do is I get up in the morning. I don't go on my phone as best I can. And like, I literally can't be trusted to even have the apps on there. So I like fucking delete them at night. So then it's like, yeah, so bad. So then I just don't go on my phone and I ask myself like, okay, what do I want to do this morning? And usually it's like, I'll meditate. I'll do my cards. I'll journal. I'll work out. I'll go for a walk. Like I have a variety of things I can do for me. And I ask myself literally, which one of these is your best bet today? You know? And then it's like, I come back with such a fresh, like Kayla lens. It's like the human lens is gone. The, what other people are expecting or calling or texting you or about just doesn't matter you know and I come back with this fresh face and if I don't do that like my anxiety will like rule my day yeah totally it doesn't have to be complicated like Randy said it's just like no. just, and I mean some people might be doing be like better in the evening when their kids are in bed or you know sometimes mornings are way too hectic for people to be able to do these things sometimes people need to take like on your lunch break 10 minutes just to go for a little walk around the block or, you know, eat your lunch in silence. Like it doesn't have to be hard, but like that regrouping so that you're listening to that internal compass, not the external um, world. And even just like Randy said, the judgment self, because fuck, they can be worse than the outside for sometimes. Oh, mine is. Mine's yeah. my, my inner critic was worse than any sort of outer critic. Isn't that the truth? But the inner critic is programmed by the external world and is trying to keep you safe. So it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's the same anyway. fucking thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I think we've Beat this dead horse. About that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, a dead horse. I'll grab my <laughs> stick. <laughs> uh, um, I can tell spring is here because like everything is so funny to me. <laughs> like, I oh, I know. Laughing. I know. Yeah. And I've taken this deep shining to stand up comedy. Like anything that can make me laugh is like life right now. I've been so, watching a lot of stand up comedy lately too. Hey, everyone in the comments, fucking let me know your favorite stand up comic because I'm starting to do reruns now. Like help me out. Um, who are you watching these days? Oh, I don't see. I'm so bad. I don't know people's names. Mm. Like I'll just look up comedy on YouTube. Oh, nice. Look up YouTube clips. And then, you know, when you watch a couple, then you'll just get ones kind of suggested for you. Oh, smart. But there's this little, um, what's his name? I think his name's Jimmy Yang. Hmm. Fuck, he's funny. I'll check him out. Yeah, I think he's got his own Amazon Prime show. Okay, I'll check it out. I yeah, really and like, like, um, like super fucking sarcastic, like 
uh, and they're just like flat lines, like they're really sarcastic and they just like, it's almost like they're just telling a story very sarcastically and there's almost like no reaction on their face. They just like, yes. they're just like deadlined. Fuck, those people are so funny. So like Tom Segura right now, he has a whole bunch of Netflix specials. Yes. Should I think, He's wait so a minute. Funny. I think he was the guy I was watching. Let me, him and his wife. Oh yeah. His, his wife's wife, a stand-up yeah. comic too. You yeah, know that. I think hey? so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and then there's a young girl. I can't think of her name. She's young to me, whatever. She's like mid twenties, but um, I can't think of her name. She's got a Netflix special too, but fuck is she funny? Oh, I can't. If I think of it, I'll tell you. But she's in the comments. Put it in the comments because I'm like, yeah. Just all, all I want to do is laugh. And when we were in the mountains, like I don't know what, but everything was so fucking hilarious. Like my sister and I, like, like couldn't stop like the tears, and you couldn't catch your breath. Like we were laughing about the stupidest shit. I'm like, I never want to leave this laughter. Like it's just yeah. so good. And then we were we went hiking, and it was so slippery, and we like wiped out a few times, and it was like the oh. funniest thing ever. Fuck yeah, like I just want to laugh like that every fucking day. Like, please. Yeah. If you know funny things, send them to me because I'm living for it right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm just yeah, I'm just loving it. I'm loving like, it right now. Shout out to the stand-up comics of the world because you literally make the world a better place every fucking day. Thank you. Oh yeah. Totally. It was a thing I was gonna watch and then I got busy and had to like go to work interrupt my life but it was something about I was gonna watch oh what's it what was it called I hope I saved it it was um why more and more people are returning to like turning to comedy now and I was like oh that would be interesting to watch and then I uh and then I walked away and went to work and forgot about it I know. And I, now that you say that, like I'm seeing a pattern. Cause like before that we would watch like fail videos on YouTube and mm-hmm. just like laugh hysterically. Then it was like cute animals. And now it's like stand up comedy. So I, and I actually did see, I noticed it in my life. And then I actually seen Lori Ladd. So if you guys follow Lori Ladd on whatever, she's a channel or two. And she just picked a channel out from King Arthur, which was really random, but he was like, you guys got to laugh more. Like you guys it's very important that you laugh and I was like what are the fucking odds of that because I've been like hmm. actively seeking comedy and things to laugh at for like months now and I'm like oh there's gotta be something spiritual to this right now that's so funny like, because I I I mean I would watch the odd stand-up comic if it was on but I wouldn't actively go and like search so I don't even know when or how I started searching stand-up comedy and I mean, I guess like laughter's like gotta be one of the highest vibrational things to do. Like it's literally so much joy. You can't not have a visceral body reaction. Like it's the best medicine after all. <sighs> Bring it on. I want to laugh for like forever. It's my only dream now. It's laughter. Oh my God. That reminds me of that song from uh, Mary Poppins. I love to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and they all float up because they're high vibration. Like Things oh. you don't notice as a kid. Did you have, have you ever seen Mary Poppins? Yeah, I have, but I definitely did not clue into that. Yeah, well, when they, they're they laughing, everything floats to the ceiling and they have to try and pull them down. But it makes sense to me now as a spiritual person, I'm like, oh, the high vibes, they're floating up, right? Mm. Things so. are coming along. Things are making sense. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, 
was such a that's such a great scene in that movie but i haven't watched it in forever i'll have to i can't really remember it. it's like very foggy just just youtube the love to laugh or the laughing scene for mary poppins okay they have a tea party on the ceiling oh sounds fun i want to do that <laughs> anyway that was random but whatever important message for the collective i guess i guess so <laughs> all right guys it's been a great time great day great to see yes. you laugh today happy schedule spring time. yeah schedule time for your getting rid of your inner critic and the outside world and Fuck yeah we'll see you next week bye <laughs> see ya